Hello, it's time for Raw Storytelling, a podcast where real people share unscripted and uncensored real stories. And I'm your host, Enid Nolasco. Hey, it's time for Raw Storytelling. This is Enid Nolasco, your host and fearless leader in this journey of true storytelling. And this month, the theme is thankful, you know, because we're close to the holidays, close to Thanksgiving. So why not be thankful? If you're new to Raw Storytelling, we're a monthly podcast and live true storytelling show based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And our podcast comes out on the 16th of each month. The stories you'll hear are by everyday people, real people, real stories. That's our tagline. And our mission is to create a safe space where we can all learn from the human experience. If you're loving us already, and you should, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Raw Storytelling or visit our awesome site, our Rawsome site, I should say, rawstorytelling.org. First up is success coach Heather Mahoney. I love Heather. She's my business coach, actually, and uh, she has a wonderful way of not sugarcoating things and telling you what you need to hear in the exact right moment, giving you a good dose of truth to get you moving forward. If you want to hire Heather as a, as a coach, just reach out to us at rawstorytelling.org and we will connect you with Heather because she's exclusive, you know. <laughs> okay, so here's Heather's story. Who's ever had stress in their life, right? Sometimes, right? And if you know by studies or heard on the news, there are various things that lead to stress. And three of the top three things that lead to stress in one's life are death of a family member or a loved one, right? Then there's job change or job loss. And then the dreaded D word, divorce. Well, that, in essence, is my story. And there's three things about these different factors that all collided into my life right around the same time. So let me tell you a little bit about me. First of all, I'm a daughter. I'm dyslexic. And if you don't know what dyslexic is, that's someone who tends to read things backwards. And I'm dyslexic both in numeric, in numbers, as well as with words. And then I also have a short-term memory to go with it. And third and most, which is the most unforgettable thing about me, I'm Irish. <laughs> Truly, I'm very Irish. So. If, so let's start out with, I'm a daughter. And Monday would have been my mom's birthday, but she's now five years old, or she will be five on Monday. And who's ever got along great, or their mother's was their best friend? Because I'm gonna put my hand down because my mom was not my best friend. 
<laughs> and there's various things that happened in my life with my mother that caused us to, like, you know, we're the Israeli and the Palestinians, to put it frankly, in how we got along with each other. But I remember one incident, and my sister and I were laughing today about it, which was, I have another sister, she lives in Jacksonville. And my mom and I decided to go to Jacksonville one day when my sister bought her house. Nice house, great time, she, we went up there. She had a barbecue, and it was a great barbecue. It was so much fun. And my mother has one thing to her personality that no one who came close to her would forget, which is simply this. If she ever got mad with you, you went to Siberia and you never came back. <laughs> so in Jacksonville, at my sister's house, we had our cousin that came to the house to greet her. And I made the mistake of saying hello to him. How are you doing? And my mother saw that. And she was so angry, she got in her car and drove back to Miami and left me. Now, being the nice, wonderful daughter that I am, I didn't speak to her for seven years. Because how could she take me someplace and left me there? I had to rent a car to get back home, but she didn't care. Because I betrayed her by speaking to someone that she did not speak to or did not like at the moment. Well, that was forever, because she went to her grave not liking that person. So that was one incident with my mom. The second incident with my mom, similar, it was after I had my son, and my sister's over there, she had a daughter previously, and my mom and I were arguing about something, and I can't remember what, when she said to me, I only have one grandchild. Well, if you know what happened with the car, then you know what happened with this when she said she had one grandchild, because... Well, but this time it only lasted for three years where we didn't speak. But what I'm thankful for in all those stories with my mom was this. My mom thought, taught me perseverance and tenacity and to never give up. And no matter what in life, even though we never spoke at various times throughout our lives, I was always thankful to her and I really learned that appreciation more after she passed. And I saw the wonderful things that she tried to do while she was alive, but I was not yet ready to learn those lessons. So if and when, and your mom is still here, be thankful to her. Because we don't know the stories that impacted her to make the decisions she made and the choices that she chose, but she's always and will always have your back. Now let's talk about being dyslexic. What does dyslexic have to do with being grateful and thankful? Well, how I learned that lesson is, is that I'm still learning it at this moment, in that, 
when I was younger, and I'm forever 21, but when I was in my early teens, everything came easy in my career. Got a good job, went to school, graduated, got a master's degree, everything came easy. I was doing HR, I loved it for the moment, then I really got to learn HR, and then I hated it and I wanted to jump out the window because it wasn't something that I wanted to do. I love the concept of HR and I still do it today, but not in the same capacity as when I first started. And what happened with HR is this, and the dyslexia is today, I completely changed my career. I'm no longer working for a corporate entity doing HR. Now I work on my own, helping others with their HR challenges and helping others to find the secret behind the door, especially when they interview or with their resume. So that's how dyslexia worked for me because when I read a book, I read the end before I read the beginning. Because if you know me and when you get to know me well, I'm a huge Yankee fan. If you're a Boston Red Sox fan, forget it. I don't particularly like you in that sense. However, Yogi Berra was one of my favorite, and he said this, if you don't know where you're going, how will you know when you get there? So that's why I read the end of the book before I start it, because I want to know where I'm going. And, and that's how my dyslexia helps me. Finally, and most, as I told you, I'm Irish. And how I became Irish is that I married someone who was Irish. And I had all the hopes and dreams of forever um, being married to this person and sitting on the front porch in the swing and having all sorts of dreams until a Wednesday night he came home and says, Heather, we need to talk. And we all know nothing good happens when somebody says we need to talk. Right? You experienced it too? So the we need to talk ended up as I filed for divorce. You'll be served next week. Your friend Jill, who's a divorce attorney, should help you with the process because we thought that would be the best thing and it would be the least expensive thing. Well, guess what? Jill didn't represent me for the divorce and it was the most expensive thing for him because I made him pay every single... Actually, he paid his attorney for over a year in terms of the fees. But it was so much fun doing that. But... <laughs> what I'm thankful for, and even though this is being recorded, I'm going to deny it if anyone ever says it to him. What I'm thankful for is that my ex-husband, or the ex-husband as I refer to him, helped me to find my voice. He came in, and when he said, I, want, I file for divorce, it made me take stock of who I am, what I am, where I am, what I wanted, and what I didn't want, and how to choose differently. And it has been the greatest moment of my life since that I could stand up here today and tell you exactly who I am. I'm a mom, I'm dyslexic, and I'm Irish.
Thank you. Tell your friends and family about raw storytelling, please. This is my passion project and I want it to keep growing. So please share this with your friends. Subscribe on, on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. Rate and review us. Give us five stars, of course. And if you have any advice or comments or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us on our site on rawstorytelling.org. There is a contact page with a form you can fill out and I answer all of those emails myself. Or you can also DM me um, on Instagram or Facebook at Raw Storytelling. Oh, and we have merch as well. We have really soft and comfy shirts and fun pins and stickers on the shop at rawstorytelling.org slash shop. Next up is Ash Johns. She's a strategist, guide, and coach who thrives at the intersection of science and spirituality. She's all about three things, creativity, spirit, and getting free. So um, I had a couple past lives in this life. Uh, I left a lucrative career as a consumer insights research person doing advertising and brand strategy, marketing in New York, in Chicago, in LA. And I used to spend all my time going into people's homes, having very intimate conversations about what you think of deodorant and beer and Mini Cooper cars uh, Starbucks coffee, and I would tap into folks' culture, what they think, how they were raised. And I had a creative director once who pulled me aside and he said, Ash, I was going by Ashley at the time, let me stop lying. He says, you're ready for your awakening. And I said, what awakening? <laughs> but I knew what he was talking about. I had been studying metaphysics. I was raised Pentecostal Christian, but I always saw visions. I would have entities visit me in my dreams and I'd get messages that I would share with my family members and church folks. And they'd be like, she's got the gift, hallelujah. And I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you should, you should you know, slide me an extra $10 for whatever I just told you. <laughs> Anywho, so this creative director took me under his wing, and I started spending every weekend or every other weekend at his studio. He would teach me Aikido and tarot and channeling and everything. It was quite eye-opening. I started going into different dimensions, learning how to tap into my unconscious programming. It's pretty amazing. Lo and behold, I never told my mom that because she'd be like, "You're doing, you're doing devil's work," and I'd be like. Right? <laughs> I'll never forget one time. Okay, you guys are going to get a whole bunch of little stories, but I'll get there. Don't worry. I remember one time we were at church, and uh, they said, you know, having an altar call. You guys know what that means? Everyone goes to the altar, and you get prayers, and they put, like, holy water on you, and everyone, like, right? And so they said, there's a witch here, and everyone was like, oh, my God, and they're putting, like, hankies and, like, pleading the blood of Jesus, and I was like, oh, shit, they know I'm here. <laughs> like, fuck. What do I do? Anywho. 
So I'm hanging out with this guy. I'm learning how to channel, how to connect, and I realized my career was based on manipulating our minds, our consciousness, tapping into what makes us as humans feel insecure. All your little triggers so we can write the right messaging and make you do things. And I was like, fuck, I can't do this anymore. Now that I've been awakened, how can I dare turn against my people? I used to specialize in young adults, trans culture, uh, multiculturalism, obviously people of color. I'm real brown, black and proud. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I quit. Epically, too. I was like, fuck your Blackberry. Closed the laptop, threw it across the room. Ripped my, literally, I'm not kidding. I ripped my, my picture off the wall and left. And they were like, your career's over. And I was like, fuck out of here. Don't care. <laughs> Until I had $1,100 in the bank. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> no, really. It was $1,100. The rent was $9.75. Anywho. So I went on this journey of deepening my spirituality. It took me to Bali, Indonesia. It took me to a couple other places in the world. I sat with shamans. And I realized I, too, became a spiritual life coach, specializing in psycho-spiritual, psychosynthesis, working with the mind and the cross with spirituality. We're all in touch. We all have feelings, as Rose guides have also helped. I love that story. That was, like, awesome transition. And as spiritual people do who want to deepen their work, we go on retreats. In fact, I, I led a couple retreats and still do sometimes. But I wanted to deepen my relationship with the elements of the earth. They are the things that we have readily available to us as humans to tap into our spirituality. The earth, the water, the air, the fire, nature. It's the reason why they tell you to go out and be in nature in order to fill your spirit or to fill up, reconnect. And so I was in a one-year initiation, a bunch of other women, about 15 of us, and we decided to do a one-year initiation process. So we would meet up every single week online on the Zoom video conference. We'd work on our altars, we'd do offerings, we channel, we connect, we talk, we see what energies were going into the world and work on things, things relating to our ancestral lineage, our family origin, things relating to culture, things relating to money, business, relationships, babies, everything. We seem to think that spirituality is like spirituality and then life is like life. <laughs> but they actually vary. Surprise, interconnected. So we're going on this, uh, we would meet in person every three months, and there would be a different location. And the first one was in Santa Fe, Mexico, which I've never been. It's funny how people who travel the world don't really go around their own country. I know, I'm one of those folks. So anyway, I get to Santa Fe, and we're all flying in from different places. And one of the women I really connected to was named Keulani Keuni. She, was a, she is a native Hawaiian woman. She goes by Keys, of course, because as a little girl, she couldn't say her full name. And so this story is about four women, one African-American named Ash, Keys, a native Hawaiian woman, Tosh, Maori, and a native Navajo woman who all remembered how our ancestral lineage reminds us to ask for permission. Now, 
Here's the fun part of the story. Keys and I were the only women of color who were in this particular retreat. So you have 15 women of all different nationalities from all different, someone's channeling the contomble from West Africa, but she's a white girl from Florida, like all this goodness, we're just intermingled. And we're, after you have 15 women doing spiritual stuff in the desert, you just kind of, you're like, whoo, girl, I'm over it. I need, I need to get some time with just me and you. So we finished the seven-day retreat. We did cast out some demons. Don't worry. That happened. <laughs> Y'all didn't want to know if we did that? That was important. <laughs> so we dealt with some demons on the land. Anywho, afterwards, I trusted Keys to get the Airbnb when we were leaving. I didn't ask her any questions, but she's like, I found this perfect Airbnb girl. It's going to be so great. And I'm like, cool. So we leave the retreat grounds. Hold on a second. A little fuel for the, the, the good part. So we leave and we head to the Airbnb. Now, we didn't send a message. We didn't say we're going to get there around three o'clock. We're just in like, Ooh, we just had so much spiritual enlightenment and reconnection and messages. Like, we just want to get to this Airbnb. So we rock up. And the guests, Tasha and Elena, welcomed us. They're like, oh, hey, you guys made it. And we're like, thanks. And I had no idea they were Maori and Native Navajo. So I was like, oh, this is going to be super great. We're getting even more culture, girl. And she's like, I know, right? So we get in there, and I'm noticing as we walk into their homes, there's tapestries and textiles and artifacts, and I'm like, holy hell, we just walked into the jackpot. Like, there's gonna be so much going down, right? I'm just so excited to meet these women. And they greet us like we're family. They come and they're like, come on, girls, drop your bags, don't worry. Sit at the table. They've got like fresh chicken broth, and we're like, is it organic chicken? They're like, it's chicken. We're like, cool. We all, we, we all speak chicken. She told me to tell you that in the story, because that was actually quite, that's true. <laughs> so, we sit down and we're eating this chicken broth and we're drinking tea and they start asking us what brought us to Santa Fe and we start telling them about this women's retreat and the things that we were doing and how the retreat is, is designed to bring out every woman's medicine. We all have special gifts. We all have something that we can do. So they started asking us, what's your gift, Ash, and your people and where you come from? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a black American. There's a lot of things in me. But I specialize in these gifts that have always happened in my life, and I'm deepening in this area, and so on and so forth. And Tosh brings out, she starts telling me about when Elena came to New Zealand and learned about her tribe. And how she said, you know, when someone comes into your culture, even though they are a person of color, you have to, you, have to, you know, come with permission, come with kindness, come with some reverence, some respect. You don't just go in there and be like, oh, thanks for inviting me, and open up people's refrigerators and shit. You know, you act like you have some sense. And she's like, people forget that. They think that they can just get all chummy, chummy and warm and warm. And I was like, yeah, I know. Thinking of the times where my cousins brought like a white girl to a barbecue and she was like, hey, and like licking all, I'm sorry, that was a little bit harsh, but I'm just saying, the point is act like you have some damn sense when you go somewhere. Come on. So it makes it fun, that's raw. So anywho, she's having this conversation about how you're supposed to behave. And we're sitting up there like, yeah, I know. Let me tell you this one time. Having a whole powwow about it. And then she, Elena actually, pulls out a story written in handwritten form about great-grandmother and great-grandfather. Great-grandmother sky, great-grandfather earth. And then she proceeds to read it in actual native Navajo language. I was floored. I wanted to just like drop the mic. So I've never heard the language fully spoken 
in real life. I mean, and I was an avid Discovery Channel kid. You know, I watched a lot of that shit, and I never saw it spoken like that. It was amazing. And I was so honored that she would open up and share these things with us. And so we went with this prayer about great-grandmother and great-grandfather. And then they're like, oh, my God, this is so good. You guys are like family. Just come on, and we're going to do a show for you. And we're like, a show of what? Like, what else could you do? They open what we thought was their garage, and it ends up being a studio. So Elena and Tosh are actually femme lesbian husband or wife and wife, I should say. And they travel the world speaking about their cultures and spirituality in this band. And they proceed to play all their DVDs and CDs for us, what I call CDs, CDs. And then get on their stage and pull out their instruments and they start playing all these songs. And we're like, we just hit the jackpot. We are like, this is getting so great. Wait till we tell all of the women who were on this retreat what just happened. And finally, they're like, okay, okay, we gotta, we gotta stop. We gotta go to bed. Is there anything you need before we go to bed? And we're like, no, you guys have been so hospitable. This has been great. We're gonna come back. They're like, don't worry, we're gonna give you a discount. Actually, we're gonna ha- give you half back on your cash for this trip. We're like, what? They're like, your family. We're like, this is great. I just like s- eating it up. Tosh and Elena go in their room. We go into the guest room. Now, what I failed to tell you is that Keys and I are really good homegirls. And when we were leaving the retreat, I was coming from Bali and actually Australia. So I had all big luggage. In fact, I was moving here because I fell in love with that guy with the Pittsburgh hat. So I was bringing all of my luggage with me and stopping at this retreat along the way. And Keys was obviously coming from Hawaii. And so in my mind, I was like, we got extra tea and snacks and cookies and chocolate. I'm just going to put all this stuff in my bag. <laughs> Everything that's left over is extra stuff. I mean, any smart person, whether you're talking to spirits or not, is going to take the extras. And if you're not, I'll take them. What's wrong with you leaving stuff on the table? Anywho, I was stuffing my bags, and Keys was looking at me like, I'm taking some too. And I was like, I know, girl. We're on the same page. So we packed up our bags Lo and behold, we really needed that ex- those extra treats. I'll tell you why. After Tasha and Lena go in their room, we go into ours, and we start showering, getting ready for bed, and we're saying how blessed we are for this extra deepening experience, and heard the Navajo language, and talked about the mighty Maoris. We're like, this is just, goddamn. We turn off the light, and as soon as we turn off the light, there is a swoosh across the room. If I took my shirt and did like this over your head while you're laying in bed, that's what it was like. And immediately I froze and Keys was like, holy shit, Ash. And I was like, I thought it was just me. And she's like, turn on the lights. And we run across the room, which wasn't that far, and flip the light open and my heart is beating so fast. Now, Next to all the treats we stole from the retreat (laughs) were our rattles and our bells and our sage and our palo santo and all of your typical spiritual um, supplies, if you will. We're on a spiritual retreat. So we're pulling stuff out and we're like, we're about to clear the room and we're going to say these prayers and we are going to let these spirits know we mean business. I'm not afraid. I've talked to spirits my whole life. 
except for the spirit was not playing. Now, when we walked into that room the very first time, I'm going to do it this way. We walked in the door. There's this dresser here. There's the door. There is the bed, which is super fucking plush. Like, they did a great job on the linens. There's a window here and a window here. And before the window to the left, there's also a space for some art. And there's a great-grandmother picture there. Now, having lived in Southeast Asia, when I saw this photo, it reminded me of the elder women in the villages. I would call her Ibu or Ibu Jeru, right? It means grandmother, wise woman, priestess woman. She has the wrinkles in her face. It's black and white, kind of head wrap. I, I made a note of it out the corner of my eye, but I didn't pay enough attention. We went off to get our concert. When we flipped on that light and my heart was beating very quickly, my eye went straight to that photo. And that grandmother was pissed. Serious. It was like, I'm sure all of us, I'm an 80s kid, uh, where, you know, the murder mysteries, <laughs> Scooby-Doo would always have like the photo and then the eyes would move, right? It was like that. Only she was frowning and her eyes were like livid. And every time I looked, I was like, oh my gosh, we can't. And Keys was like, oh my God, she's angry. And I'm like, she's so angry. We got to clear. We got to clear. I don't know where she came from, what we have to do. We're about to sing it out. We're about to do everything we can, cast some, you know, do what you do. And the more we did what we did and what we thought what we thought, and we didn't listen what we heard. Listen to what we heard? You get it. She got angrier and she got bigger. And we were like, they did not put this in the spirit book. Where is the smell for this? <laughs> Until I said, wait, listen, listen, keys. And she looked at me because we were kind of hunched over, trying to pull out some other supplies. Is it Florida water? What do we need? And I said, listen. And in that, we started hearing the grandmother say, who are you? Where did you come from? Why are you here? And I said, oh, we just rocked up in here, being all spiritual, on someone else's land, in someone else's home, without ever saying who we were or thanking anyone for being there. Sometimes we go places, and again, because we got permission for someone, we think we can behave a certain way or that we're entitled to be there. We're not. And she reminded us that. Ended up spending the whole entire night, I'm not kidding, until 5.30 in the morning, speaking to and appeasing this grandmother spirit. All of us have indigenous roots. I don't care what color you are. You've come from somewhere. I heard the Nords and the Celtics were some fiery-ass spiritual people. It's not just the Peruvians and the Africans who got the juju. Okay? And in that, sometimes we forget to just feel and listen and to honor the space that we're in. We spent the whole night dumping tea bags of extra tea from the retreat and emptying out chocolate and giving her offerings and speaking to her. 
going outside to the tree and telling that tree what our names were and where we came from, what we study, what we believe, why we're in her home. And over those umpteenth hours, because we were literally getting delirious, we'd have moments of stopping and saying, great grandmother, can we go to sleep now? Do you know who we are? Is it okay? And then she softened. We would look at the photo just to check, and she would slowly soften hour after hour after hour. It was laborious work. It was exhausting. <laughs> and if my, if my partner wasn't a psych nurse, I would have thought I was crazy. But I'm not. And neither was Keys. The next morning before I left in my Uber to go to the airport, we told Tasha and Elena what happened. And they said, ah, oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you about grandmother. She was the grandmother of the man who built the house. It was her original land. That family, she passed in that home, in that room. That family has left and sold the house two times now. And every single time, they have said they've had problems with people in that room. Particularly because she runs an Airbnb. And they had to start moving people out of that room and letting them sleep in the band room, in the studio, or in the living room. I said, well, damn, you didn't want to tell us? We could have said what we needed to say. And she's like, you needed to learn the lesson. And when I heard her say that, I thought of all the moments she was speaking and she gave us, the house was speaking. I just wasn't listening. So here I am leaving this lucrative career of listening to folks just to go and spend time with spirits to then learn again how to listen. When you have if, actually not if, you all, we all have an opportunity to listen more intently, to be more sensitive. As Roe and Rose guides have said, when you feel those goosebumps on your skin or down your neck, just pause and see what it has to say to you because we're not alone. I'll do this again. That was great. That's all for this episode of Raw Storytelling. Make sure to tell a friend, friends, families, subscribe, rate and review us. Sign up for our live shows if you're in the area and you can find out about those on Instagram facebook and our website so that's instagram and facebook at raw storytelling and our website rawstorytelling.org on our site you can also listen to more featured stories find storytelling tips and donate we exist because you support us Uh, with your donations we can keep raw storytelling going and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and if you want to share a story yourself you know where to go rawstorytelling.org the music you heard in this episode is by Blackbird Blackbird and other varied artists featured on the live show recordings. Shout out to DJ Sondos who recorded the live audio for this episode's stories. Fabiel Lozada is our podcast editor and Cafe Collective is our host venue. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, email me at enid at rawstorytelling.org. Until next time, I'm Enid Nolasco. Stay raw. Stay raw.